As announced on March 31st, University of California Santa Cruz, along with several hundred other institutes, were victims of a cyber attack. In response to this data breach, UCSC has taken steps to help those affiliated with the UC keep their information and themselves safe while they investigate the incident further. Here with Student Success Slugcast, this is Jenna Hartz. An engineer with the Cybersecurity and Information Security at UCSC, Troy Wright, is here today to help us understand how this breach is impacting UC affiliates and what we can do to protect ourselves. Can you briefly explain what happened here with the data breach? Uh, yeah, so um, back in December on uh, the 24th, a file transfer appliance that the university used, uh, I guess you can think of you know something like Dropbox or any other um, file transfer service out there, uh, that service was um, and uh, had a vulnerability that was exploited, and it affected over I think it was over 100 organizations were similarly uh, attacked, including ours. Um, and so, from that from that attack, uh, attackers gained access to files that would have been on that file transfer appliance during that time. What was ITS's response when you know you guys found out about this data breach? So this, since it wasn't, you know, this occurred at the University of California level, it's on a, a system that uh, we don't uh, ourselves manage. So we were a little bit limited in that we were working with, you know, for, and for waiting for information from UC and what we can do to help them assist them in the investigation. Unlike if it had been a system at, at our university, it would have been a different situation. You know, we were immediately ready to, to um, jump into action, but we were also waiting um, for what the UC could share with us as they began their investigation. And once you were allowed to take like some actions, you know, was there anything that ITS was able to do? I have seen your guys' emails for students in terms of like advice and what to do or not do. Sure. Yeah. So the University of California, you know, sent its correspondence initially to uh, break the news and provided, you know, some FAQs uh, for, you know, what they assume to be uh, the most frequently asked questions. Uh, which has, that's been improving by the way and there's been an update uh, as of today uh, but we decided to go a little bit further with that we wanted to do um, you know a town hall which we put together uh, to reach out uh, internally to to our campus and so that was um, you know and also to work with you know some of the other units on campus especially for those that are are not necessarily um, tied to a, a device you know a pc or you know have access to email uh, those that are in, you know, Spanish-speaking uh, communities, you know, and, and trying to get things translated as well. So we, we were going um, a little, we were going further in what we were trying to do with our outreach because we know our, our community best here at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that having a lot of outreach, especially to communities that maybe aren't English-speaking is really important. Uh, speaking of the town hall, would you be able to provide any sort of, you know, what was kind of covered during that? Sure. Yeah. So in the town hall, we, you know, we, we did start off by recapping uh, as we did in the beginning of this interview here about what happened. And, uh, and then we went into what, what UC is offering, uh, which is, you know, they're offering a free, uh, free credit monitoring with Experian for one year. And, um, you know, if you go on other sites that talk about breaches, you know, there's been a lot of data breaches, unfortunately, throughout the years. And I talked in the town hall a little about a little bit about my experiences with um, what it's been like having that it's been it's gone really well it's scored i wanted to kind of you know um, change maybe the stigma around that because it seems like there was uh, negative imp implications around having a fraud alert or, or credit freeze that that 
I think uh, in the past, it seemed like you didn't want to do that because it might affect your credit score. When it's the opposite, you really want to have um, something like this. Student with a recently opened credit card account, I have gone through your websites and they've been incredibly helpful. Good, thank you. Yeah, um, and I really feel for those starting out because you know it's 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 one thing to kind of have identity theft occur later in life, but for those those starting out, it's you know we hate to see that and and it's. You know, it's just not to have, you know, you don't want your credit wrecked at such a young age, age so. Yeah, definitely. Speaking kind of of students and faculty uh, or anybody affiliated, affiliated with the UC really, you kind of mentioned how people might be individually impacted by this data breach. Uh, is there anything else other than, you know, fraud alerts or um, identity theft? Yeah, you know, there are other options. I think that we've talked about that you may not have seen on our website, such as uh, filing your taxes as early as possible is something you should get used to doing every year, um, especially with your social security number if it's part of the breach. Uh, it's, it's something you should um, really consider doing. Uh, opening Also opening an account with Social Security Administration, which is uh, ssa.gov. With the, uh, that administration, you can do things like apply for retirement, you know, all those, uh, disability, Medicare, check the status of your claims. You can request replacement Social Security cards. Uh, you can also get your, um, they'll give you instant proof of income uh, letters if you need those kinds of things. Also, you know, using a password manager, I think we, we talked about this a little bit in the town hall with, um, and, and two-factor authentication. These are things that, uh, especially two-factor authentication, any service that offers that, and that's where you, you know, you log in and you have to get a code sent to your phone, you know, or, or have some other factor uh, in play beyond just typing a password. Uh, anything that offers that you want to take advantage of that um, and and then using a password manager to um, you know to store all these passwords that you have to keep track of so you don't have the same password on all um, these sites that are out there could you possibly go into you know the uh, experience credit monitoring and kind of how people might access that or why it's beneficial if you haven't already signed up please sign up you know sign up using that that link you would have received but there's a code in that link an email message and uh, you have to answer some questions about yourself to verify your identity and once you're able to establish um, uh, proof, of, proof of identity with Experian you'll you'll have an account created with them called uh, with Experian Identity Works and once you're inside there you can you can take things and uh, you can set these indicators to look for such as uh, my social security number or my driver's license and you can um, enter in I think up to uh, is it 10 credit cards you can have monitored um, now it's up to you if you want to put these things in there because I know that's entering more information into experience so there's a little bit of a you know you have to uh, to weigh the risk yourself there uh, but I think that um, you know it doesn't beat probably to put the things in there that you suspect are going to be in this breach which is um, I think publicly stated already that um, that we know that data elements such as social security number date of birth um, would would potentially be in this breach so those are things you certainly want to have monitored and if they find a hit on the dark web they will then uh, send you um, an email about that and sometimes that could be misleading about what you can do but uh, it's just telling you that hey we we found this and there's really not a lot you can do when you see that and i think that that's where a lot of people get anxious and i, I understand that Okay, so that was kind of part of my next question was asking, you know, what people should do if they get that notification that, you know, their information is on the dark web. But I guess your answer is kind of just to 
look for these but, other services that are well, going to protect your information? You, yeah, and you can call Experian, and and, um, and also we we just announced this is today on our um, I don't know when this went up, but it's recent uh, on our main UCSC.edu website. There's a banner at the top of the page. There's also a banner on some of our public other public facing websites internally, such as ITS's webpage. On that banner, uh, it takes you to a link with the University of California, and there. They've stated on there there is a new call center that has been stood up that's dedicated uh, to University of California community uh, staff, you know, staff members, students, so that uh, they can get a little more tailored for us. If other, you know, problems come up or people do get those notifications, uh, other than that call center, which I think is a really great idea, are there other people or places that uh, people can contact? You know, the FTC has a great site. I'm going to plug them again. They're, they're um, identitytheft.gov. And so identity theft is all one word. Uh, if you go to that that site, uh, there's like a, they've, they've kept it very simple. There's, you know, you just click large text boxes, you know, get started. And then you click that and then there's, um, you know, it's really easy to navigate. I would recommend the identitytheft.gov website, our own internal ITS website. Um, yeah, check out our town hall. If you can find a link to that, that's also on our ITS website. You know, there's there's a there's a, a lot of different options, right? If you don't want to get on the phone, if you just want to read about it, and you know, there's many ways to do it. A lot of people want something they can really feel like they're doing, and I I, I get that and I understand. Uh, it's really hard to know your information's out there, and you're, you know, you're kind of what are you doing? You're waiting for the other shoe to drop, or you know, you got these this, this monitoring place, and that's why I. I do want to stress the considering the fraud alert and the credit freeze. Um, you know, as a if you really want to be, be proactive here, a really a, a good one to stress here because beyond this breach and other breaches that are you're likely to um, become a victim of, there's having that already in place or having the knowledge of that, and that that's going to um, have you ahead of the game. And um, you know, maybe have a little peace of mind in the future. If you hear of another breach you're involved in, you can go, well, at least I have, you know, this credit freeze um, in effect, for example, and, and you can, um, you know, and I, you know, you've already signed up with all the accounts you need to, and you can rest, you know, maybe rest a little bit more easily. Thank you for your time, Troy. The UC is planning on releasing more information in the next few days regarding the breach and what people can do. Should anyone see any threatening emails or notifications of their information being shared in places like the dark web, they are encouraged to contact ITS and take the steps described on their website. ITS can be contacted at 831-459-4357 or at help at ucsc.edu during their normal business hours Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Those with problems related directly to the breach should go to ucsc.edu and click on the banner at the top. This will direct them to a helpline dedicated to this problem. Thank you for listening. For more episodes and information, feel free to follow us on Spotify at Slugcast or on our Instagram at ucsc.dsas.